Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Joining me today is Brother Steve Swarga. Brother Swarga is a faculty member at Providence Baptist College and teaches our Greek class for us. And uh, we appreciate him joining us for the podcast today. And uh, in our previous two conversations, Brother Swarga and I discussed uh, his involvement in our addictions program and also a philosophical uh, uh study of why a student at Providence Baptist College studies Greek. But right now, what we're actually going to get into is some examples, Brother Swarga, of uh, doing a Greek word study and how that might benefit us and may uh, increase our understanding of a particular Bible passage. So as someone who's never studied Greek myself, I wasn't a pastoral theology major in Bible college, I was an education major, but uh, can you show me a little, a few examples of how exegesis works? Maybe start with a definition of what the word exegesis means. Uh, exegesis means to bring out. Okay. And what we're trying to do is bring out the full meaning of a verse, bring out the full meaning of a particular word. And uh, God already put it in his word. Uh, we're not adding to it. Um, but if he already put it in there, we want to see everything that he put in there. Mm -hmm. We like to um, illustrate it with uh, a microscope or a magnifying glass. Uh, if I were to take and uh, prick your skin and put a, a drop of blood out there on your skin, um, I could see that there's blood, but I can't see the individual cells. If I were to put that blood under a microscope, now I can see the cells. And I could look at actually what's inside that blood cell. So it doesn't change what you're looking at. It just gives you greater, deeper understanding of what you're seeing. It magnifies what God has already put in there. And the Greek language, because it's very precise, uh, we're able to see some things uh, that if you're casually reading the English Bible... You may not see it, um, but it slows you down enough to look at it. And you'll see it's in the English Bible, uh, but it slows you down enough to pay attention to it. Uh, for instance, Romans 10, 13, one of my favorite verses. I like to illustrate to the Greek students about the Greek tenses because they're very important. They're different from the English tenses. Um, and there's five facts of the Greek verb, person, number, tense, mode, and voice. In the, the Greek tense... Uh, is significant because they have an aorist tense. You know, we have past, present, and future yeah. with the English. Well, they have, they have aorist tense, which is the punctiliar tense. It's one time. Uh, you illustrate it by hitting a student on the arm one time. And uh, the students always enjoy that because somebody's getting picked on, you know. Uh, but the aorist tense is brought out in Romans ten thirteen for whosoever shall call. All right, now what kind of call was that? And the Greek tenses show not just time of action, they primarily show the kind of action. And that's a punctiliar thing. What does that mean? One time. One time. Okay. And we know that when you get saved, it's only one time. Mm -hmm. And we teach that when we're out soul winning. Uh, but you can look at it right there. Every verse that you see in the Bible that deals with salvation, it's in the aorist tense. Because God put it in there. It's and in that punctilia. You can gain that from the context of reading all the passages Absolutely. and comparing Scripture with Scripture. But right. it kind of gives you extra confidence to know, like, well, there it is again. Exactly. You know, That's uh, exa extra confidence. You realize it? the Bible's consistent, the same all the way through. You're not going to find a contradiction. And uh, the, the, the Greek language is a good tool for that. And it corrects a lot of false doctrine as well when you can just see that well, this is a one-time thing. Right. You get this constant calling. 
right. upon God. It's 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 a born again John, experience. Yep, John three thirty six, John one twelve. Um, anytime you see a verse talking about believing on Him or calling on Him, it's always in the aorist tense, which is the one time, mm-hmm. as opposed to the present tense, which would be it's going on all the time. Okay, and uh, that's not what is taught. In the Bible, it doesn't teach you get saved over and over and over again, or that it's a process. Uh, it teaches that it's a one-time thing. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's a one-time experience. All right. So, uh, if you're uh, watching or listening, maybe get your Bible out. And Brother Swergen is going to give us some passages of Scripture, and we're going to look at those. And then he's going to draw out a little bit of extra Greek for us. Uh, and we'll see what we can learn here. Jordan. One of my favorites is Ephesians 5.18. Okay, we'll turn there first. Ephesians 5.18. Preacher preached on this years ago, mm-hmm. and I took some real good notes on it. And uh, I teach it in my uh, class. Every time I uh, talk about Greek exegesis, I like going to Ephesians 5.18 and sharing the notes the preacher had. Uh, you look at this paper. These are the notes... You see the date on here, Dave. It says uh, February 27th, 1996. There it is, yeah. And uh, it was a GSA conference, and Dr. Keith Gomez was the speaker. It says here, Mrs. Fugate gave the special music. I put that in my notes. <laughs> and, then, and then I've got my notes there on Ephesians 5.18 on, on what he taught from the scriptures on Ephesians 5.18. And uh, if you look at it, you want to go ahead and read that? Sure. It says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And preacher taught, again, I said there's five facts for the Greek verb, person, number, tense, mode, and voice. And you look at that verse, and it's talking about being filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And he he keyed in on being filled with the Spirit. He said, if Brother Angel or Brother Woodward were to get up on the platform and they were drunk at the time, we'd ask them to leave yeah, because they shouldn't be on the platform drunk. He says, but you shouldn't be on the platform if you're not filled with the Spirit. Wow. You know, how can you be a, a good mom or a good dad? How could you be a good Christian school teacher? How could you do anything unless you're filled with the Spirit? It is, it, it's just as wrong to be not filled with the Spirit as it is to be filled with wine. And uh, he taught the, the person number tense mode voice for this particular verse. The five facts of that Greek verb, the person was, was plural. And he's talking to all of us, sure. not talking to the individual uh, Christian that he was addressing at that time. It was to all of us. It's in the second person. All right. So he's talking about you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's for not just you, but it's also plural. Ye. It's, mm-hmm. it's all of us. Okay. okay. So it's, it's the uh, second person plural. And so that's for everybody, not just for the pastors to be filled with the Spirit. Sure. Not just for the missionary. It's for everybody. Makes it personal. Yes, sir. And uh, then you see that the tense is present tense. We talked about the aorist tense being a one-time. Well, the present tense is ongoing, continuous. What does that mean? That means every day that's your job to be filled with the Spirit. Which means some days you may not be. Right. While others... You might be. And your wife and will be the first striving. to know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely. Be filled with the Spirit. Yes, it's, it's not only uh, second person plural, but it's present tense, which means it should be going on all the time. And it differentiates this idea of being filled with the Spirit from receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation. Right. Uh, because that's eris. 
Right. But this is different. Right. This is sanctification. This is growing in Christ. This exactly. is constant Christian living we're talking exactly about. Exactly right. And uh, the, one of the key things I like about this that Preacher brought out when he preached on this was that it's in the passive voice. In the Greek, you have uh, active voice, passive voice, and middle voice. The middle voice is unusual. It's unique to the Greek language. Yeah. Like when Peter went and warmed himself by the fire. That was the selfish middle. He warmed himself. Oh, I see. Okay. It was all about him. Yeah. And, uh, that, it's interesting how that middle voice works. But here in this case, you would think it would be active. You be filled with the Spirit. You need to get with the program here. Mm -hmm. No. It's passive voice. Need to let God do it. Mm. Need to let God produce that in you. And, and it's a, a passive thing where you let God fill you with his spirit. I think in Romans chapter 8, it focuses on the Holy Spirit a lot in that chapter. And I think one of the key words of that chapter is the word let. Yeah. Which is just hands up. Yeah. Let him do his work. Yeah, very good. You know. Very and so, yeah, it, it, once again, it's reinforced here by, you know, just looking at the voice of a verb. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, person number tense mode voice. All right. Well, what mode is it in? You have uh, the different modes or moods in the uh, English as well. Sure. You know, and usually you'll find that the verb is indicative, just a statement of fact. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's subjunctive, you know, where you may or may not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of optional. Yeah. Uh, this, in this instance, it happens to be imperative. You know what imperative means. Yeah, it's a command. Get with the program. Yes, sir. It's a command. And so this is in the imperative mode, which means being filled with the Spirit is a, a command of God. It's not optional. Hmm. And it's passive. So the way we do it is by letting God do that in us. So it's a command to surrender yeah. to the Holy Spirit That's good. for him to do his work in That's your life. That's exactly right. And uh, it, it's preacher's final statement was get full of God every morning. Mm -hmm. Just get full of God every morning and be filled with the Spirit. What a difference that makes in your life. Um, you could actually teach a class and see the Holy Spirit produce things. You could read your Bible and understand it. You can pray and get your prayers answered. Uh, you could uh, witness to people and invite them to church and actually see results. Being filled with the Spirit, what a difference that makes. Yeah, well that's excellent. I mean, obviously, you know, just with one verse of Scripture, like you referenced with Billy Gomez, he preached an entire message out of one verse and drawing out just one verb from that verse. Uh, do you have any other examples? Uh, we probably have time for one more, I think. First Corinthians 13.10. Okay. I was just working with a couple of new converts um, two weeks ago at RU, and uh, they asked me about speaking in tongues. Oh, That's fun, their background. Huh? Okay. And uh, they wanted to know, you know, if that's okay. And uh, I said, well, they did it in the Bible. For a particular time period, mm -hmm. for a particular purpose, but that purpose is past. Sure. Show me that in the Bible, and there it is, 1 Corinthians 13 10. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. You read the context, of course, and the key word in studying Greek is the word context. You got to use the context. Yes, sir. And it's talking about the sign gifts here. Yep. So when does this, this uh, uh, revelation of God, when does it end? And it, it talks about we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So the, the key thing in that verse then is to find out what it's referring to. Yeah, because that verse is kind of vague a little bit, when that which is perfect. Well, what, what is that thing that is perfect? 
And then what is the thing that is in part? Obviously, we have context. It told us what was in part right. in the previous verses. So which ones are the sign gifts and which ones are not? Yes, sir. And um, when you read that verse and it says that which is perfect has come, you got to decide, you know, are you going to believe what the charismatics tell you, that that's referring to Jesus Christ coming back at the rapture and the sign gifts will pass away at that time? Oh, I see. Now, it's, it's remarkable. I explained to them there were no sign gifts from the time the apostles died off all the way up until the year 1900. You know, there, were, there was no evidence of any side gifts at any churches, you know, in history. And then all of a sudden they pop up in 1900. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, supposedly they're the same sign gifts as before. But, you know, so history tells you, no. Uh, but the scripture is pretty clear here. It doesn't say that Jesus is the one we're being referred to when it says, when that which is perfect has come. So how does that, how do you derive You look that? at the, uh, with Greek nouns, you look at the gender, number, and case. Okay. Okay. And this is not in the masculine gender. It's, okay. It's a neuter gender. All right. The same that you'd use when referring to the Word of God, the Bible, neuter in gender. Okay. So when that which is perfect has come, if it's referring to the Word of God being completed in AD 90, that would fit with the historical purpose of the sign gifts. Sure. That was to verify or authenticate the message uh, that they had at that time. Yeah, because as the Apostle Paul was preaching, it's not like he was, open up your Bible to the book of Second Corinthians, please. Exactly. You know, it, he was preaching and they needed to, to, to understand that, well, what authority does this man have backing him? And these sign gifts were that authority. And that's what we were told. Mm -hmm. And that's what you see in the book of Acts. But once the disciples uh, died off, the scripture was finished being written in AD 90. Mm -hmm. So there was no more need for those sign gifts to be a sign. And sure. so their purpose ended. And uh, that fits the context of Scripture. Uh, when the Bible was done being written, when uh, John wrote the book of Revelation in AD 90, then the Scriptures, the canon of Scripture is, is done. It's closed. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And that neuter gender, it proves it. But really, you know, use a little sense here. Read it again slowly in the English. What does it say? Sure. Does it say when he who is perfect is yeah. come? It's got that pronoun that. When that yeah. which, it doesn't say when he who. Mm -hmm. It says when that which is perfect is come. The translators got it right. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. The sign gifts, they're done. We don't need them any, any longer. Well, that's excellent. That's really good. Uh, and so obviously this can whet anybody's appetite for studying a little bit of Greek. Um, and uh, you teach two semesters of Greek here at Providence Baptist College, and we're about out of time. Um, but, you know, in the one semester, you're covering the basics of Greek grammar. You're talking about these tenses. And then in the second semester, you, you finish up with some grammar, and then you get into this idea of exegesis. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were goofing around beforehand. We didn't. We said that you don't need exegesis; you just need extra Jesus. And uh, but uh, it, it always is helpful to have the Holy Spirit guide you in your right. Greek study, right. um, and you can use some resources to give you a deeper, closer understanding. So, well, thank you so much for joining us. I wish we could do more examples of these, and maybe we can uh, in another episode where we can just open the Bible and you know discover what uh, the Bible has to say and learn a little bit of doctrine that way. So thanks so much for Brother Swarga for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to check out any of our previous conversations with Brother Swarga, please check those out uh, on any podcast platform that you're listening to us on or on YouTube where you're watching us. And I hope you have a good day. <laughs>